0: The Spiel is sponsored by TimeWellSpent.org, who would like to remind you that any time spent playing games is time well spent. From
1: their padded cell in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana, this is The Spiel,
0: episode 35, Gen Con 2007.
1: So hello and welcome to The Spiel. I'm Stephen Conway. And I'm David Coulson. And we are here live from the Omni Hotel in downtown Indianapolis. We are uh, recording our Uh, coverage here at the end of Gen Con, but uh, we have a a whale of a two-part show coming up for you. Tons of stuff. So much stuff that we thought, rather than try to cram it all into one episode, we're actually going to kind of break it down into two. So part one's going to come out in our normal release schedule, and then you're not even going to have to wait two full weeks. We're actually going to come out with part two in uh, just another week of time, so I'll just have a week to edit that down and get that out to you all. Um, got a, re- a lot of really interesting uh, interviews and, and recaps of things that we saw that we thought were interesting and cool about the con uh, coming up. Uh, you know, Dave, we're we're here at the end of the con recording this, so we're a little low on the energy scale. Hey, it talk may... about
0: deja vu, didn't this just happen like a month or so <laughs> yep. ago at Origins? Even our voices are starting. Yeah, to... exactly. Saturday or Sunday morning at three or four o'clock we're sitting in the middle of nowhere with nobody else awake except for us recording this Yep. <laughs> <laughs> been there done that but fun as heck yep <laughs> we've got a handful of interviews coming up and then after the interviews are over in part two then we're gonna have a really neat follow-up on some of the events that Stephen and I attended or hosted yes which was ultra cool I think that has to be the high point of oh, the con, my gosh not I've... only for for us but for several hundred people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have
1: to we have to make special note, even though we're not going to talk about it in detail necessarily till part two. But we had just an amazing response to the Spielathon sponsored by Rio Grande yeah. Games. I mean, we had just an amazing number of people there—more people than we could actually handle. Which was, I'm sorry for those who maybe didn't get to play. But I think the majority of people, if they were a little patient, actually got to sit down and play. Lots exactly. of things, and you know, thanks again, of obviously to Jay Tumos. Yeah, yeah, we Rio. probably won't
0: say that nearly enough times. But <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jay, Jay was absolutely awesome. It was. You know, well like I said we'll, and at the end of part two we'll get into some details on that whole evening which uh, we can't wait to do again
1: yes absolutely
0: <laughs> but uh, before we get to our sort of our, our thoughts
1: on the con overall we thought the best way to to really introduce you to gen con this year was something that we couldn't do last year which was uh, we took our portable recording equipment and just went out into the field and recorded as many interesting little interviews as we could with uh lots of different vendors and artists and uh, just as many different interesting uh, people as we could find that we thought, you know, the kind of people that you might necessarily not stop and talk to in the dealer's room. They might be booths that you would walk by because you think, well, there's there's nothing there for me. Well, those are the kind that always kind of interest us because we want to see what's going on there as well as the big boys. The big boys get enough press. But these
0: smaller press companies, they don't get nearly enough love. So we try to kind of spread the love around. Uh, Yeah, I think on several of these interviews, you're just going to be, that is so cool. Other ones, you're going to be like, what? (laughs) It's just it's stuff you can't even, until you attend a con and have a chance to go to all 3,000 booths that are in a dealer's room, you just can't believe all of the ultra cool and at the same time totally, completely insane things that people are coming up with. Yeah, let's see, we go,
1: we go, we run the gamut from magic ring sellers <laughs> to Polish laser cut dice to Israeli brain teasers to, oh I can't even, there's the, so many the Italian just, uh, game publishers. Absolutely. <laughs> kind of run the gamut of the world as well as the game exactly. scene, which is really fun and interesting.
0: And, and those are just some of the ones that we did actually do interviews with. Yes. You know, there's other stuff that we didn't get interviews with like the chess set that were RVs, <laughs> yeah, insane. So.
2: Yeah,
1: but uh, rather than, uh, let's just have you learn by listening. So without further ado, uh, here's part one of Gen Con coverage. It's just going to be interview after interview. Hope you enjoy it, and stay tuned for part two next week.
0: So we're here in the Black Industries booth and we're talking to Mike Mason. And Black Industries is reprinting a classic, classic game that I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with, and that's Talisman. So we're going to let Mike tell you pretty much what's happening with the new edition of Talisman.
3: Hi you guys, hope you're okay. Um, yeah, Talisman, it's, um, it's been a while since we had Talisman out. And uh, it's given us the time to sort of take a good, hard think about which which rule set worked better, whether it was first, second, or third. And we went back to the players, uh, the, still the communities online, War, uh, Talisman Island, and the like. And we talked to those guys and said, "Well, yeah, what do you think?" And the response was very much second edition, guys. Come on, second edition. is what we want. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we uh, we took that to heart. We looked at second edition and said, "Yeah, we played it again ourselves." And yeah, it's it's the edition we wanted to go with. So. The fourth edition essentially is based on the second edition rule set. Um, so we've kept pretty true to that, and the gameplay game feels the same. Uh, the characters will be very familiar, a lot of the adventure cards will be quite familiar. But what we've done here and there, we've tweaked the rules where we can, we've simplified things where, where they got a little complex. We've tried to look at the gameplay and, and uh, ensure that it, you know, it speeds along, but maintains the flavour of Talisman and, and you know, stays a fun game that you can play again and again with different variety.
0: It looks like you guys have adopted the third edition experience point type of thing. Is that that's yeah. what it looks like? It, the, the, there's no experience points
3: as such. What, what okay. it, it comes back to, um, if you kill monsters, uh, you can trade in the monsters you've killed to improve your strength. If you battle with spirits, you can trade in those spirits to increase your craft in the oh, game, okay. and so you can sort of, you muscle yourself up, or you get your you get your heading gear as you were, and get ready to sort of get into that uh, middle zone and uh, try and grab the talisman and the uh, and the crown of command.
0: Excellent. So, as popular as Second Edition was, with all the crazy expansions, I know it might be a little too early, but is it is there even an inkling in you and you guys? Oh my, my, my lips are sealed, guys. Oh, you man,
2: cannot, no. All,
3: all all I can say is if. Um, if uh, if we can sell through our first allocation of games and, and people want it and we get good feedback and, and there's a market there for the for expansions and obviously we will look really seriously at that. It's something I'm sure that you appreciate. We yeah we're kind of keen to do, but we want to ensure that people people want it as well, and um, and we'll take a good hard think about that. But we'll you know. <laughs> I'm winking at you now, guys. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
4: Now, you guys have had
0: the hot booth every morning out here because uh, you had yeah. 50 copies of Talisman for sale. Now, for the people who not not attending the convention here, when are they finally going to be able to get this? Okay,
3: they're going to get it in about six weeks' time, which is the beginning of October. Uh, that's going to be available in all, all gaming stores, uh, online stores as well. And uh, it's going to retail for about $50. Um And yeah, uh, we hope it's a big success. I think it will be, definitely.
0: (laughs) Uh, Anything else, last minute words about Talisman?
3: Um, All I can say is if you've never played Talisman uh, well, you're going to enjoy it. And if you've played Talisman of old and you've got those old memories of sitting around with your friends playing Talisman, you're not going to be disappointed with this edition. (laughs) You're going to enjoy it.
1: It's it's really good, uh, I think, with all the sort of copycats that have come out that really owe a great debt to Talisman to see Talisman back in print and say, "Hey,
5: well, we, it, we were here first, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> you know, in I a way, <laughs> I wouldn't say we're
3: the first, but I mean, it's uh, certainly uh, the game's got legs and it's been been around a while. It's much fondly remembered and loved, and uh, we, you know, we're just bringing that back again, so people can enjoy it again for new for a new time round. Well, thanks very much for your time. Thank you very much, guys.
5: This is Scott Boulderson from Circleville, Ohio, and you are listening to The Spiel.
1: So I'm here at the Table Star Games booth with Ray Long, and uh, he's going to tell me all about uh, hero cards. It's something that uh, Dave and I haven't gotten really into yet, and I think we just need a basic introduction to it, and I think a lot of our listeners might as well, and then kind of maybe fill us in on some of the other things that table stars doing as well
6: hero card is uh, our new as our suite's been out for about a over a year now we have six games in the suite and how it works is very simple we have a card-driven combat engine where we have uh, four different heroes and six different genres you can do any hero against any other hero it's a non collectible game there's no boosters or rares or variants or anything like that that's good and it's all cost compatible we can duel up to four people at once instead of the usual two you can do it with the four people at once. You just play the dueling game, hero one hero combat. And that combat system forms the base um, core mechanic for all the hero card board games as well. Each genre has a different board game style. There is territory control, and set collection, elimination, etc. But they all use the same hero card system to fight with. So once you know so the, the hero card... Yeah, the base the mechanic same. is the same. So once you know the base hero card dueling engine, you know 75% of the rules for the board games. The learning curve for the board games is very easy. You learn the base... In, hero card system, and then learn some rules specific to the board game, you can jump right in. Once you know that first uh, system, which takes about two minutes to learn, you're good to go, pretty much.
1: Is the uh, Now, am I right in thinking that the genres, because each of the hero cards kind of have a different genre associated with them, can you mix and match the genres or are they, At, are they you standalone? Can, you
6: can absolutely mix and match them. You can mix and match them either um, in pieces or as holes. For instance, you can take the whole Orc King deck. Which is one single hero, and have a rampage to fuel Japan or Rise of Shogun game, or you <laughs> can mix great. and match cards from different genres. You can make a superhero, samurai, or Tekken, cyber ninja, whatever you want to. Do. You can mix and match the attributes and action cards of individual heroes to make your own custom hero. Like if you like a guy that hits really hard, but you want a few power tricks, you can start with the Toa King deck, which is a high body, which is like a lot of big attacks and big blocks, but a low X, and ha- mix in a few power tricks in there on the on the X to give him the, just the flavor that you want. Have make him a superhero, Tongan ninja, or you know whatever whatever you like. And it's all cross compatible, it all works together. You can do any hero, any hero in the base dueling. You can make a custom hero and take him into the board games or into a duel, and you can also um, mix and match across games. So you can take, like you said, your range a cyberspace. Your cyberspace guy, make him into a superhero. Whatever you want to do, it's possible with Hero very And custom deck making is very simple. There's five simple rules. For simple rules. you have to have a body, mind, and X attribute. Those attributes have to add up to um, uh, 30 or less attribute costs. Mm -hmm. Um, Your action deck has to have 20 to 30 cards, no more than five of one single card, and the last rule is follow the first four rules. (laughs) That's all you need to know to make a custom hero card deck. There's no giant strategy guide, there's no complex rules or anything like that. It's all balanced to work together and be intercompatible.
1: I would think that flexibility would give the game a lot of replayability as well, just because you can do all that mixing and matching. Exactly.
6: You can pay and you can buy a a, a, whole, a whole set of Rise of Shogun with all four heroes and a board game. And uh, depending on if that's a show, we have specials so that we get cheap. Then as soon as you buy a new hero, it's a whole new game. Especially as you start mixing and matching those cards within the, div- the the other heroes, you can play the whole game entirely differently based on that. And some of the boards are actually modular as well. Like Champion New Olympia has a cruciform board that can be made, remade different ways every time you play. So the well, gameplay cool. is the same, but the way you move around the board and interact with the people changes based on the, light of the board. Cyberspace constantly changes. The board is not static. It's constantly in motion. Every turn the board can be completely different by the time gets around to you. Your, your well played strategy could be shot all the pieces and you get to start over and, and try to make map, map a new strategy based on that. A lot of the games are like that. Nightmare as well constantly changing the board constantly changing. So the replayability factor is really high. Also Course is scenario-based so it's five, It comes ships with five scenarios. There's a free scenario here at Gen Con in the back of our Oracle's poster and it's going to be more online, online as well. So the replayability factor in Hero Card is very very high.
1: So are most of the games sort of last-man-standing, or are a lot of them scenario-based, or is the scenarios um, a, more new, all a newer of the, development?
6: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All, all of them are last-man-standing except for Orc Wars. Orc Wars is asymmetrical. In every other game, every hero is out for themselves. They have their own goals and agendas, but Orc Wars is a bit different. In Orc Wars, up to three elven heroes play against one player who plays a whole horde of orcs. Normally, <laughs> the, the the decks have a your action deck and your attributes and a little plastic fig. The orc or however however, the orc deck print deck, deck comes with um, phone card orcs. There's like about twenty-six of them. So any one time you can have from zero to twenty-six orcs on board fighting against up, up to up to three elven he- up to three <laughs> elven heroes. And uh, so that's the that's the departure. Most of the other ones are one man, everybody can tell this one is one man against the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
1: Well, lest lest they think that Table Star Games is uh, a one trick pony just with hero cards. Uh, tell us a little bit about Martini's and Men. Total total departure from uh, the hero card uh. the opposite exact coin of the hobby market. We Games
6: with a hero card suite. Um, Martini's and Men is our first foray into uh, kind of a mass market party game type of appeal. So we're kind of apples to apples crowd. That kind of kind of folks who want to sit around, sit with some friends. It also makes it great like we're waiting for the GM to show up for our D and D games. Place play in 20 minutes Filla or 30 minutes. So game, a good right? filler game, yeah. Also a good game to theme a party around because it is Martini's and Men. So if you're gonna have some friends over for a good time on a Friday night, here's a great game to give you an excuse to have that that third <laughs> martini, that third drink. And it's a it's a very quick game. and teach you to play that game in under a minute anybody it's basically uh we have two kinds of cards just male cards and female cards and each person has a trait or descriptor such as sexy geek or culture traveler etc and i have say a culture traveler woman i'm looking for a culture traveler man if someone else in their hand has someone as a man that has one of those two characteristics i can take one then it will do relationship dice if they come up uh, martini glass martini glass then they're, they're dating and they go face up in front of me. If it's martini, glass, and heart, again, they're dating and they go face up. Any combination with a lightning bolt and they do not get along, they go to the dating pool where other people can pull them to make couples. If the dice come up heart, heart, they get married, that's just a wedding fever. Everybody has to roll on their face up couples to see if they stay together um, or break up or get married. First person to marry off three people wins the game. Tada! The end. Sounds very simple, pretty simple. But it's very fun. One of the fun parts of the game is seeing and finding your friends in the car because every picture, like the culture of hippie looks like you know, yeah. a culture hippie looking guy. So it's like, oh, that's Steve, and that's Greg, and that's Bob, that's Sandy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a lot of fun. You spend a lot of time at that game, seeing the people that you know and that you care about, and, and they that you know, walk through your life in that game.
1: Yeah, the kind of social aspect of that exactly. game seems exactly. like it's very brought to yeah. the forefront. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and so. Well, yeah. thanks very much, Ray, yep. I, I really, uh, you have any other... Uh... Uh, well,
6: you know, I want to say that we really have to be able to listen to it in the office a lot, and I actually have it on while we're working, so you guys are very inspirational. And um, there's one other thing, too, is we are here at Gen Con, and we are here with our table stars, our volunteer staff, and who are doing a fantastic job. I want to say thank you to all the table stars. And if you're also interested in being a star, either demonstrating our games in... Your local game store, or come to us work, work, work at conventions, or you can part come to our playtest program where we can see the games even before they come out and offer your feedback and become part of the process instead of just being kind of you know us selling it to you. Why don't you help us make it and craft it and be part of the program? You can contact us at play@tablestargames.com at and you know become part of the team we're really looking for people that are passionate about games and passionate about teaching and sharing them with their fellow gamers
1: well i think that fits the profile of many people who listen to our show oh, yes. i would hope so. <laughs> oh yeah definitely. so that would be cool if people want to get involved it's nice to kind of turn the tables on them and say hey yeah exactly. you can be an
6: active participant in, in our stuff I and mean, that's what we're looking for look for people that can have definitely have opinions and passion about gaming and will willingness to run with us and we offer you know obviously rewards and stuff like paying for con badges and you earn points to get swag from us and, and including one of them is an all expensive paid trip to a con of your choice. You earn up points nice. and we'll send you to Gen Con. You want to go
1: to Origins, you want to go to anywhere you want to go, we'll, we'll send you there <laughs> and there you go. Well, uh, last question, uh, yeah. where can people find your games and where can people find you
6: online? Uh, our website is tablestargames.com. You can find our games local retailer. If your local retailer does not carry them, ask them to talk to uh, Paizo and they can get them through, through Paizo as well. And we go through all main distributions, as well as Alliance, ACD, you name it, you can get our games. You have no excuse not to have our games in your hands. you are playing them right now with a Hero Card deck in hand.
1: Well, have a great show, uh, Ray, here at Gen Con, and and hope things go well. Great. Thanks, Steven. I'm Dirk Jung from Michigan,
5: and the spiel rocks.
7: (laughs) I'm Barb Jung from Clinton Township, Michigan.
8: I listen to the spiel.
0: Okay, yeah. so we're here in the artist area of the Gen Con Dealer's Room, and we're stopping by the booth of artists Jeff Peterson and Tony Mastrangeli. And yeah. I I came close with that name, but not quite perfect. Stringley. Mastrangeli. Mastrangeli, exactly. <laughs> These gentlemen have some artwork that's done in a medium that is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and so I'm going to let you guys kind of tell our listeners what you guys are doing here. Uh, what we've created here are uh, disaics, which are... 18
9: inches by 24 inches, 1900 dice, to represent fantasy images that you would find. So picture a uh, a normal image and then
1: bring it into dice. It's all dice, a mosaic of dice. That's what we've done. They're uh, very striking from a distance and close up. Close up, you might lose the pattern, but the sort of, yeah patterns of colors and, and pips are sort of <laughs> mesmerizing, I think, and then as you step back, the the kind of picture starts to re- reveal itself. Uh, how long have you all been doing this kind of art?
9: We just started in the spring. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think brought the idea to, to Tony in February, and he thought I was crazy at first, but uh, <laughs> I talked him into uh, to par- partnering up to do this project for GenCon. <laughs>
1: How, how, how successful have you been here? Are you getting, uh, I notice, uh, a ribbon hanging on uh, one of your uh, works over there, Best Best in Show?
9: Yes, we've uh, won Best in Show for 3D Art, for Gen Con Art Show. This year. Congratulations. Uh, actually had a very warm response for most of the attendees of the show. Um, no, no one's ever seen it before, because I guess it's the first time anyone's ever tried to do something <laughs> this insane with the dice. Extremely positive reaction. I haven't heard of a bad
1: thing. People say it's one of the most original things they've seen in a while, and they love it. So can't complain about that. <laughs> Very happy. So how long does it take you with these patterns and how many dice are in an average uh, mosaic?
9: Usually it takes us about 10 hours from the layout to the actual glue down of the, the dice. Uh, there are 1,900 of each of the images that we lay out. So hand
0: placed. All you know, so hand placed and placed. Almost 2,000 dice in each one of your, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's what we're <laughs> talking about right yeah. there. That's, Excellent. I
1: think the finished piece weighs about 10 pounds, give or take, too. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Uh, maybe describe some of the the typical subject matter of, of you know some of the works that are hanging behind you.
9: Sure. The the most popular subject matter we've done is a D twenty. Of course, a D twenty made of D sixes is kind of ironic, as <laughs> yeah. the case may be. Uh, we've also done uh, a dragon, uh, a fairy who's sitting on a flower, a castle, an Excalibur, first of
1: all, a knight being attacked by a fireball. We're currently working on a centaur. Yes, it's we're we're card. seeing the centaur. He's right kind in of a of headless us. centaur right now, <laughs> but,
0: but he's that excellent.
1: <laughs> so if uh, people are interested in your art, uh, where can they find out more about your art and where might they be able to purchase it? That's great. Right. It's all available online at www.3d6art.com and you can purchase it online there. You can also contact us if you want a custom piece done, we take requests. Um, so you do prints as well as people can buy the originals. Correct. We have the originals on sale, and they're one of a kind. Once we make one, we will not make that again. And then we have signed a number of prints up to two hundred. That's great, limited. And uh, costs? How, how much? Uh, if someone wanted to buy a print or an original, sure. how much is it going to? An Original runs
9: you five hundred dollars for uh, for the one of a kind, and then for every print, it's thirty dollars for an eighteen by twenty four, and ten dollars for an eight by ten.
1: For the amount of dice and the amount of work and artistry that goes into it, that's that, that's a steal. I think you're, you're undervaluing a, <laughs> your art, if you ask me. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> well, thanks for your time, and, and good luck. Thank, thank you. you.
10: I'm Michael Jordahl, and I listen to Spiel because they have truckloads of goober. <laughs> So
1: I'm here at the Rubbing Hands uh, booth with Steve White, and he's going to tell us all about Fred the Game. What is Fred the Game?
4: Well, Fred the Game is a game of challenges or dares or tests, if you will. It's a a game of humiliation, (laughs) embarrassment, and torture. (laughs) We're all about the humiliation and torture. (laughs) There's uh, six categories of different types of dares, and some of them are hard, some are gross, some are, like I said potentially embarrassing to your friends Uh, but they're all fun and they're all funny so you play with a group of friends it's basically a deck of cards you draw a card and I'm drawing a card right now this one is in the spaz category and it says make an annoying noise for two minutes. You earn credit if any other player covers their ears leaves the area or asks you to stop so those are the types of things you might expect. You might also draw a card daring you or uh, to let another player uh, put butter and jelly into your hair, sculpt (laughs) your hair with it. There's actually uh, jars of peanut butter and jelly on the table here. We're going to get a game going later today and and that might be something that someone here at the convention has to to endure. (laughs) So basically uh, you play, and there's two ways to play, you can play Sudden Death style. So uh, you draw a card, and if you don't do the dare, you're out of the game. Last man standing wins. And there are some pretty tough ones in here to do. So there are some cases where I certainly would would step out and say I'm not (laughs) doing that. Uh, Another way you can play, the the tougher cards you earn a credit um, if you perform the dare. So let's draw another one here. Uh, The player of your choice gets one snip with scissors to cut out a patch of your hair. So uh, if you allow someone to cut out some of your hair, you get a credit. If not, you don't get a credit. The first one to spell Fred, uh, uh, you reach four credits. One credit for each letter of Fred wins the game. Okay. So if there's something that you really can't tolerate, you could back off still be in the game. You just might
1: fall behind. It's not single elimination yeah. like the other stuff. You might
4: fall behind your more daring friends.
1: <laughs> you were kidding when you said uh, mean and, and humiliating. Yeah, I like well
4: it. not I don't No, not mean. mean. I guess so mean's much, not the but, right word, but. but yeah, humiliating I think's fair. <laughs> and embarrassing, yes. So how many people uh, can uh, play? I think any number really. You could play you know, two people, a group of five, seven
1: Whatever. Seems like it'd be well well suited for a party kind of situation. We
4: get that a lot. A lot of people like to play it in a party environment. Um, it's kind of marketed towards junior high, high school, college age students. So I think the college age kids probably more of a party scene. Um, we've even heard some guys buying it, thinking it might be a great drinking game. That's <laughs> nothing we're promoting, but <laughs> but yeah, I could see where they're totally coming from that. when yeah. they say that. Um, but, yeah, even younger kids certainly like it. There's, there's some cards that e- are even angled towards school kids and that one of the cards is uh, daring you to call your principal and tell them for some amount of time what a great job they're doing and how proud of <laughs> them you are, that kind of thing.
1: That's great. Uh, well, if people are interested in buying Fred, uh, how can they?
4: How could they purchase it? I think the best way to do it is to go to fredthegame.com. Okay. And fredthegame.com. Well, either you can uh, buy it directly from the site, or there'll be directions to a place there you can buy it. That okay. Sort of thing. And how much does it run? Uh, it retails for twenty-five dollars. It's a good good value for a a good, a good dose feel. of you, uh, humiliation. You get it, and as you can see, it's a big stack of cards. There's oh yeah! Si- again, six categories of 13 cards each. So that's 78 cards. And they're nice, big, oversized, yeah, nicely colored. The, the ar- art is really, really fun. beautiful. So a lot of people are drawn to it just for the artwork. It uh, has sort of a Alfred Gory
1: esque look to yeah. it. A little, a little bit. Not it's totally. But it's
4: very very intriguing. It's, I mean, you can just look at these and and almost feel. Like you plan without even playing. Yep. I don't know if that came out right, but <laughs> uh, it also comes with a torture device—a clothespin here. Uh, some of the cards require that a player put this on your ear or your tongue. <laughs> there might be future cards where you have to put it other places. I don't know. Uh, there's also a timer that comes with the game, and that's again, many of these things are I have,
1: are time-based.
4: Time-based uh, dares. Yes.
1: Well, it's I'm. I don't know whether I can say I'm looking forward to playing it, depending upon the cards I get, but it sounds like it would be a hoot.
4: Definitely. A hoot is a great description.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks, Steve, for your time, and good luck. Thank
4: you. Thank you very much.
1: Well, I'm Tim from Atlanta, and
3: I listen to The Spiel.
0: So we're here in the Southern Fox booth, and we are with Ann Fowler, and they have a great little game called Rephrase, so why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Rephrase?
11: Okay, i would be glad to. Uh, What we've done is we've taken the names of movies, TV shows, or songs, and we've rephrased them so that the players race to be the first ones to correctly identify the actual name of the movie, TV show, or song. Like if we were playing one of the movie editions. I might give you the rephrase clue of Galactic st- uh, galactic Conflicts and the actual name of the movie is Star Wars. So that's the way the games play. You rephrase it and look for the actual name of the movie, TV show, or song.
1: And they sort of vary in difficulty, right? Some of them are
11: softballs uh, and some <laughs> of them are real thinkers, exactly.
1: Uh, you have different editions, right, too, based on music or television we or do. film? We do. We do. We
11: have two different movie editions we have uh, up to 1985 movies, so it's really, for the movie buff, it's got the history of movie and cinema, and then we have from 1986 to present, so that's, you know, more titles that people are familiar with today. Right. Uh, TV shows, one edition, and then we have three different country music editions, 70s, 80s, and 90s country, and five different pop editions, 50s, 60s pop, 70s, 80s. 90s, 2000 pops, and we even have a Christian Gospel edition, so wow. we truly have something for
1: everyone. <laughs> now, now, who comes up with all the paraphrasings? Is that you, or?
11: That would be me. Oh, yes. Wow. Oh, How
1: long has it taken you to build up this sort of backlog of well, titles? Well, I started
11: and- when I was five. <laughs> so that
1: was just a few years ago, right? Yes, it
11: was, yes. It took a long time. <laughs>
1: So uh, how long has the game been available? Or?
11: The game has been out only a matter of a few months. We made our debut at the Gamma Show in Las Vegas in April. Oh, nice. That was our very okay. first outing. <laughs> and so uh, this is now August. So how many months is that? Three <laughs> Three months we've been out now. So we're starting to get into different stores. And I think we're in 10 states and. the now in stores so that
1: was going to be our next question I think is where can people find right. find your game the
11: easiest way to find us is to go to our website wwwrephrasecom okay that's www.rephrase.com, <laughs> and we've got a listing you can order online uh, but we want to re- support our retailers and so we list every retail site that they are available at so the people can go on there and see the closest one to them and Go and pick out a few additions.
0: <laughs> Great. I said, why don't we do something fun? Why don't you read us a couple of your cards, and let's see uh, if Steven or I uh, <laughs> can, can do this
1: can very well. It first. Okay. I think I'm going to get my butt kicked right. here. All right,
0: all
11: right. <laughs> OK, do we want easy ones or hard
1: ones? Uh, let's go. Oh, let's go. Easy. <laughs> you all right, let's go easy. You okay. Okay. These are
11: movies. OK. Rattlers on a Jet. Oh, Snakes,
1: snakes, on, a snakes on a Plane. Snakes on
11: a Plane. Disappeared in a Minute.
1: Gone in six, in six seconds. Ah, oh, you beat me.
11: Pass away uneasily. Die hard. Die hard. Exactly. <laughs> Here's a cute one. This is one of my personal favorites. What person planted evidence against Mr. Bunny?
0: Who framed Roger Rabbit. Who framed
11: Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. <laughs> I am aware of your actions the previous June, July, and August.
1: I know what you did last summer. I know
11: what you did last <laughs> <summer>. Exactly. <laughs> And here's one more. The feeling after sight, sound, taste, smell, and touch.
0: Six cents. So Six
11: cents. <laughs> very
2: <Excellent>. fun. <laughs> very yeah, fun. those
0: are it really neat.
11: It's fun. Well, I like to call it a party in a box because you open up a box, you got instant party. You know, two people can play, or forty-two people can play. It's just a lot of fun, and everybody gets into it. A
1: great way for uh, gamers and non-gamers alike to sit around and have have fun. Something I think they can come together with <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks very much for your time, man.
11: Well, you're welcome. Thank you.
12: Hi, this is Paul Tevis from Have Games Will Travel, and I'm inviting you to come out to Gateway at the LAX Westin in Los Angeles over Labor Day weekend. Uh, games, games, games. It's going to be a damn good time.
1: So we are here with Claudio Ponsechi of Ten- Ten- Tenki Games, and um, he's going to tell us about Chan Cheng, uh, which is a game that is going to be distributed here in the United States by Z-Man Games. It's a really interesting game uh, about uh, the Great Wall of China. Um, so, Claudio, what can you tell us about
7: this game? This is our last game, uh, as you told. Uh, is a game about uh, the Great Wall of China. In this game, uh, the players represent uh, Chinese officers. That are in charge of uh, building the wall and protecting the China provinces. Uh, It is a strategy game. There's a medium level of difficulty, and uh, all the players have to build part of the walls and protect uh, Chinese provinces. And the end of the game, the Mongols attack the Chinese provinces, and so every player will will lose some points and. uh, only the best will win. <laughs> Every player has the same opportunities, same number of uh, pieces of wall, same number of cards, uh, and opportunities to win. It uh, is a game of skill.
1: <laughs> one of the interesting things, I think, about this game is that, unlike an ordinary board game where you have one board, there are several pieces to the board that get played out um, next to each other, um, and they are little, their little pieces of the, the wall that are actually uh, separate little plastic pieces that you're going
7: to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the features of this game is that the, the board is composed by four board, four pieces of board, and uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, the players start with two boards, then uh, they can add... Uh, uh, an additional third board and the fourth at the end all boards are double sided so the shape of the board and uh, also the opportunity as uh, the of uh, different uh, Uh, type of boards of Chinese provinces and uh, scoring. Uh,
0: The boards will be assembled randomly every time you sit down to play, so you'll have a different layout. Yeah, different
7: layout every time. Uh, So four boards double-sided, there are eight uh, really, eight, uh, <laughs> a lot of different configurations. Yeah, you could different come up configuration. With. Exactly, yeah. exactly like this. Uh, there are pieces of, of uh, wall, plastic pieces. There are single wall pieces. that uh, and two special pieces: the double wall, and uh, also the tower. And um, the player must uh, place in in uh, his turn. Uh, Uh, these pieces according to the rules, uh, in uh, specific ways, and uh, can also play the cards. Every player has six cards that have different effects. So these cards are played um, face down, and only when a province uh, is completed, the the cards are revealed, and so uh, the effects are, I'd say, the effects... They come into effect. Yeah, come into effect. this is uh, add uh, a, a different um, a lot of flavor of the game mm-hmm. because um, uh, there can be pursued different strategies. Uh, each player must complete provinces and gain reputation points, but uh, can do it in different ways. And uh, the, the the outcome of of a region is 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 not always is predictable because these cards that are played uh, can uh, are very powerful so can have effect you can switch walls you can add uh, virtual walls, uh, increase or decrease the value of the province, uh, uh, destroy other cards, uh, so the interaction also with the player is quite... Uh, you what, know. What kind
0: of, um, how long is the game to play? What kind of play time? Uh, one,
7: uh, one, one game is about 40, 40 minutes, 45 okay. minutes. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite easy uh, to play and uh, quick quick uh, really quick when can we expect to see maybe see this at the
0: stores here in this country
7: <laughs> in October in, in October, October yes in October Excellent. in October it will, we are printing in these days so okay. and uh, in October will be available and you don't, you don't have any
0: copies here at the con that
7: people can buy do you uh, No, we have uh, only <laughs> a few copies that yeah, we cool. use for demonstration unfortunately uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> but I'm sure that uh, Zima <laughs> Games will happy uh, to, to 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 give you all the information where you can buy it. And well, if, if you can see why I was asking that, the,
0: these little wall sections are absolutely cool. They're like goober to the nth degree. I think they're really chunky. They're 3D. I think when this game is completed, it'll probably look gorgeous. You know, after
7: you're done playing again. Thank you for gorgeous. We think is we try to to make it really gorgeous. We took pictures of the Great uh, Wall of China and we try to design the pieces exactly uh, according to the measures of the wall. So the um, so it's almost like a little model. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like a little wow, model. As you nice. can see, uh, the wall is is different one in one side on on the other right. side of the wall. <laughs> and the, if you see pictures of the uh, of the China wall, you will see the same. <laughs> so we did Excellent. a research um, on the website. Probably you can find uh, some example of the work we did to uh, design the components and to build up the, mm-hmm. the, the, the components of the game.
1: Maybe tell us a little bit about Tenki Games, because it's not a company that we're familiar with uh, very
7: much. Yeah, we are, we are quite young. <laughs> we are a, a young publisher. Uh, we born uh, one year and a half ago. We start publishing two games, um, Mio and Sharpark, okay. Okay. Uh, and then we publish uh, then another two games. That is Crumble and Snake Lake. Uh, as I told you, we are very young, so we 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 didn't uh, were distributed all over the world since the beginning. We are an Italian m- m- publisher, but uh, now we are quite you know uh, distributor more widely. And uh, this game, I think, is, uh, can be our, our business card. <laughs> yes, <laughs> our business card. We try not to produce uh, a lot of games, but we try to be very, very um, careful about the, the game we produce, about the components. Uh, what is important for us, yes, first of all, the quality of the game. So the quality of the rules, that the, the mechanism of the game must work always well, no problem, no uh, strange things, uh, balance or funny according to the, the, the target of the game, gamers or families and friends. And uh, quality also in terms of uh, components and value for money, mm. when you buy the box uh, uh, you have to to buy high quality components in the cartoon, in the, in the plastic, uh, and also in the graphics. We are right. a lot of attention of the graphics, uh, so we try to have a, a concept of the overall quality of the game. Uh, Looks like you've done a great job with this one, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Having not played it, it's got me salivating to give it a try. <laughs> uh, you should. I, I invite everyone to, to, to try to play Chancheng at least at once. And I'm pretty sure that we'll find, uh, you know, the desire of doing a second <laughs> a second game. Because Excellent. it's, it's uh, challenging but funny at the same time. And it's, it's really... Uh, want to, to do another game, another game, and you <laughs> want to play a game because uh, uh, it's, it's quite balanced. Uh, and One of the biggest uh, uh, features of this game is that can be played at several levels of difficulty. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a gamer to enjoy this game, but at the same time, if you're a gamer, you can play this game uh, deeply and uh, find uh, find it very challenging. And I think this is this is very good because you can enjoy it with your family, first-time gamers, friends. Uh, but uh, and uh, if you have some friends that are tough gamers, they will enjoy it as, as well.
1: <laughs> uh, where can people find you uh, online if they want to find out more about uh, tanky Games and the games that you have to offer? Uh, where yeah. where can they find you?
7: Yeah, uh, I invite everyone to uh, have a look at our website. Uh, not a big website, but we try to, to do our best, okay. it's uh, www.tankygames.com. Okay. Uh, you can find the information about our games, uh, some picture, graphics material, some news about what we do. Uh, we are growing also in the website. <laughs> I invite everyone, uh, there is my uh, several email address, there is also my email address and uh, everyone can write me and tell me what they think about the game uh, what they would like if they have problem to finding the game if they have question about the game there is a, a page in which there are the review that we received about the game okay and uh, we are going to publish also a faq page okay. for every question or problem Related to the game. Great. Well, thank you very much, Claudio, for your time. (laughs) Thank you very much, Steven.
5: Okay, this is the last emperor of planet Earth, and I think the spiel is the best podcast on the (laughs) net. You need to add sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Say that
2: again. I ain't that loud enough.
5: You need to add sex to
4: the show.
0: Okay, so we are here at Looney Labs booth with Andrew Looney. Hi there. <laughs> and you have a new game coming out, actually a new version of an older game that looks
10: really cool. Why don't you tell our listeners all about it? All right, well, the new game is called Zombie Flux, and it's a zombie-themed version of our hit card game Flux. Flux has been around for about 10 years, and it's done very well for us, and so it's, it's all the fun of original Flux with zombies. <laughs> and uh, it introduces a new kind of card called the Creeper, which is kind of like one of the existing cards, the Keeper, but it's, it's it's the zombies. And it's instead of stuff that you want, which is usually how the Keepers are, instead it's things you don't want because, you know, zombies are kind of day ruiners for a lot of things. <laughs> and and then it's got a lot of cool new cards that, that let you kill zombies or just push zombies over to other players or neutralize their effect.
1: How and you, kind it's of, hmm? kind of changes the victory conditions of, of the game in a way too, doesn't
10: it, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, all of the, I mean, it's got all new Keepers and Goals, and about half of the goals work kind of like regular ones in Flux, that you need these couple of keepers, but also have the added proviso that you have no zombies in front of you. And so that's the main way that zombies hurt you, is that they keep you from winning a lot. But there's actually some goals that, that you need zombies for. Some, like if you're trying to put together a zombie baseball team, you need to have nine zombies and the baseball bat. Um... And, and like I said, it's got it's got some wacky keepers too. Like that, like there's a shotgun that you can use to kill zombies with. There's other other kinds of things: the chainsaw, the 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 uh, the shovel, the the car, things you could use as weapons. But only if there are rules that allow you to kill zombies with those things. Okay. Um, sometimes there's also a, you know, like there's a zombie, uh, a rule called Zombie Season lets you kill a zombie with your bare hands, so you don't even need a weapon for that. Um, and then one of my favorites is the zombie repellent, which makes all your zombies not want to be near you anymore, and you get to send them over to other players. <laughs> what would and, zombies? <laughs> and there's also one goal that we call it the ungoal. It's a goal that, that it's like the zombies' goal. The zombies win, and all the players lose. The game ends with no winner. If the zombie victory goal, <laughs> ungoal is achieved. Ah.
0: So when can our listeners expect to be able to pick this up at their we're, local hobby stores?
10: We'll have this out in mid-October just in time for Halloween. Excellent. Perfect. And yes. we're very excited about it. The reactions people have been giving to it are just awesome. People just they light up when they see it. Zombie Flux. Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> exactly. The only thing that can make Flux better is zombie. Yes. But
10: yes. it is, it is better. I mean it's it's all the fun of regular Flux. Plus all this added new craziness. And in fact, it, it, it's a bigger deck than the original. It's about 15 cards bigger. And another thing you can do is there's a, a way to play. You can you can set aside all the zombie cards and play basically original Flux with different keepers and goals. And then kind of add in the zombies when you're ready for the uprising to begin.
0: Uh-huh. And <laughs> what about mixing this with some of your other
10: Flux decks? Oh yeah, you can you can totally do that. It'll have the same card backs as original Flux and the various other versions. So you can shuffle them together. I'm sure people will be doing that. You can you can just combine the whole deck for craziness, or you can just go through and pick out these are my few of my favorite rules and add them in <laughs> that kind of thing. Very cool. We'd
1: be remiss if we didn't say congratulations on your uh, Origins Award. Thank you very
10: Treehouse. much, Treehouse. Yep, best board game of the year. Very very pleased with that. Yep. And another. Speaking of new releases, something we just brought out is a, a little booklet called Three House, which is three games you can play with three treehouse sets. And they include a couple of classics. My very favorite, Binary Homeworlds, another major hit, which is Martian Chess, and a brand new game that I just came up with for this book called Black Ice. And that's also doing really well. People really like Black Ice. It's a kind of code-breaking game. People are comparing it to Mastermind. Oh, okay. And it plays really neat. The Pyramids, if you haven't seen the ice house pieces, or the treehouse pieces, as we call them now, with treehouse as the base game, um, but they're still ice house pieces, either yeah. one, either works. Or just call them those pyramids, or even the pointy triangle things, whatever works. <laughs> pointy triangle things. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll know what you're talking about if you <laughs> talk about that.
1: You're you're um. a busy man, too, because I think, don't you have uh, the new Stonehenge expansion? You yeah, know, actually. a I, hand
10: in that, too, right? Yeah, I, I did. The, uh, the, the, the Stonehenge expansion is going to have three new games for the Stonehenge game system, and I was commissioned to do one of those games and my game is called Stonehenge Hippie Festival because <laughs> you know I love hippie stuff well and the great thing is it's a, re- it's a historically accurate game you see because there were these hippie festivals held at Stonehenge all yeah. through the 70s they ended in 1985 after an infamous um, incident of police brutality actually called the Battle of the Beanfield but that's actually kind of neat because that inspired another game there's a there's four. There's going to be a bonus solitaire game in the expansion called Battle of the Beanfield. So, but yeah, it's like that's when I that that was when I decided, oh, this is what I'll do, is because mm-hmm. I was researching Stonehenge and looking for ideas, and they're like, wow, they had these things called the Stonehenge Free Festivals. That's great. That that's my theme right there. So you're like a hippie at a festival trying to get. You know, whatever you wanted a hippie at a festival to have, you know, like <laughs> provisions, or maybe you need to meet your friends over there. You know, it's, there's like three different ways to win. It's pretty fun. So what know. is your expansion? What does it add? Does it add components to the game, or is it just a yeah, new rule set? The the expansion adds pieces for two more colors. Okay. Oh, so it's new pieces, and the kind of the mandate from, from uh, the, the, the company for the design of the expansion games was that It require the extra pieces so you need to have the expansion in order to play it but then it comes with the rules in the box I haven't seen how the the box is going to look yet but the 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 illustration they did for the game is wonderful I really love it great
0: cool well we're looking forward to that when's that guy gonna hit the
10: market um I believe that'll be out in October as well in time for Essen with what I heard you could ask them more about it. I don't know exactly <laughs> Yeah. That, that was kind of weird, though, I mean, to be, to do, be doing a game packing. that's not by our company. is kind right. of a first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, anyway.
0: Well, we're really looking forward to that. Uh, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes of your time. Sure, to to sure. Happy to I do that. I know you kind of have a loony atmosphere around here. Yeah, well, we, we try.
10: <laughs> yeah, everything's kind of going crazy. But well, uh, Where can people find you online? Find loonylabs.com. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Pretty easy. Thanks very much. Thank you. Pleasure talking to you.
0: Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here from interviews, and before we go on to the next interview, we have just a little bit of housekeeping to take care of before we go on. Right, and that has to do with some contests that people are expecting to hear about but unfortunately aren't going to because of the awesome Gen Con coverage so just want to let everybody know we're going to postpone some of that stuff until our next official Real Spiel episode back to our normal regularly scheduled Spiel (laughs) (laughs) so the back shelf spotlight that everybody loves um, the connections between um, Babel and Roma Roma. that's going to just keep logging on and uh, put your guesses there because it's gonna run for another couple weeks we've already had some (laughs) absolutely wonderful connection guesses absolutely that does not make it too late for you to log in and post your own ideas. and remember you will win a set
1: of spiel dice a brand newly minted spiel dice only a few people have them in the world they're very, very cool we'll they put some pictures of. gorgeous <laughs> so uh get your guesses in on the forums at the and uh, see if you can figure out what the mystery connection is between roma and babel so two more weeks for that as cool. well as two more weeks for name that game so um we're actually going to run that puzzle here in this episode just to give you a little teaser and and hopefully, uh, Get some more entries. We've already had a, a really nice response and some, and some correct We've had some answers. Exactly. So some people, remember, we're changing the rules a little bit. It's not first come, first serve anymore. So you've got another full two weeks to, to beat your head against the wall and try to figure out how crazy weird we are with our puzzles (laughs) here Um, so we'll run that puzzle here and uh, remember what the prize is for this name that game sponsored by Time Well Spent and they're going to
0: send (laughs) you a copy of Jenseits von Thaben which at, at Gen Con it was always being played. Yes. You, know, you couldn't look anywhere without seeing a copy of this being played because <laughs> it's just that fun.
1: And, uh, you know, as mo- many of you might know, it was nominated for the Spiel des Jahres, and that was actually our prediction for the winner, so we think pretty highly of it, too. So Absolutely. It's, it's one that would definitely be worth
0: your time. Mm-hmm. If you're interested, you might want to spend a little time with Name That Game and see yeah. if you can figure out the answer. I think it's a fun puzzle, and I think you guys will enjoy it. Trying to solve this one. And then when you figure out the answer, you'll want to kill us. But hey, (laughs) what's new? (laughs) That's pretty normal, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Pittsburgh Terrible.
13: Name that game!
0: So while we're talking about time well spent, we just spent, what, three and a half days at the largest gaming convention in the United States. We've had a chance to play tons of games that we don't own, which is really cool, you don't usually get the chance to do that. So you get home from a gaming convention, you've played all these really cool games.
1: You may have blown your budget you know, on some other things at, at the con, or you just couldn't buy them because they aren't out yet, they're, they're new things, so
0: okay. what are you going to do? You're going to go to Time Well Spent and hopefully hunt up all these games that you're really psyched about and you're going to get some really great deals um, on all kinds of imports, Pre-order stuff that you played, and maybe it's not out, but every, but you know it's coming out in a few months. You want to make sure and get get your pre-order in early, so you can get a copy of these, because some of these games are going to be so hot, yeah. you're not going to be able to get them.
1: Yeah, they, you know, they do a smaller print run, maybe. Right. and So there's only going to be a, you know, each store, or each business is only going to get a few copies. So if there was something you really, you know, zoned in on and said, "Man, that was just the coolest thing," but you didn't. uh you weren't able to buy it, you know. At the at the con, time well spent is a great resource for yeah. being able to f- get your fix <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> for all those games that exactly. might have uh,
0: eluded you at the convention. <laughs> that's right. It's a fix that's not going to be easily satisfied when you come home from a convention. You're gonna be like, well, I only bought ten or fifteen games, so now that I'm home, I have to buy ten or fifteen more. <laughs> At least that's how I have to yeah, do it. But. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's a problem. But you know,
1: we
2: manage somehow.
0: <laughs> Luckily, there's time well spent to help us with that fix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it makes it
1: makes the money go a little bit farther. That's for sure. So, um, check out time well spent, um, especially on uh, new releases and, and pre-orders and things that uh, might be coming up. There are great great place to look for those kind of deals too so. exactly.
0: and if you are somebody that did attend the con and you go to time well spent and you may, might not see something on pre-order that you saw here that was awesome zip them off an email but they would love to know
1: yes absolutely. the stuff
0: that you want so thanks
1: again to time well spent for sponsoring the show and we encourage you to to check them out and see what kind of deals you can find So I'm here at the Your Move Games booth with Chad Ellis. Uh, you might remember uh, uh, Your Move Games from our episode where we covered Battleground Fantasy Warfare in the past. Uh, so what's new with uh, Battleground, Chad? Okay, well the the newest uh, faction for Battleground
12: is the Lizardmen. Uh, it won't actually be in stores for another month or so, but we had a case FedExed over from China before the main shipment left uh, left the factory. Oh, nice. And so we've been selling that here, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's uh, it's a really, really fun faction because, you know, it's lizards of all different ages, and you've got (laughs) dinosaurs like you've got a T-Rex, and uh, you know, herd of triceratopses. So, it's
1: uh, it's a really fun faction to play, and that's been uh, that's been exciting for us. I know you were saying that the T. Rex is hard to control. That it does a lot of damage, but it may do more damage to you than to uh, well, your opponent sometimes. Yeah, it won't actually it won't actually attack your own.
12: It won't attack friendly units. Oh, okay. But you basically you it's on close, and you can't ever do anything with it. Uh, you know, other than like sort of let it go. <laughs> and because it's a colossal unit, like there are crazed goblins and some other smaller units that are on close, you can kind of control them with your own units by like putting them behind a unit and waiting for the right time to have it come out. But if you try that with a colossal unit, the unit that's blocking it in takes a point of damage every turn because a colossal unit is like, you know, just too big to control that way. (laughs) So basically with the T-Rex, you have to plan your your battle well, get the T-Rex going. If you can get a T-Rex into fair fights, you're in great shape because it wins fair fights. It (laughs) really doesn't have very many fair fights. But... The only time your opponents are going to be able to handle it is they can use its disadvantages against you, outmaneuver it, get it in a pinch, and maybe then they can take it down. But a T Rex is just a giant monster. It's super fun to play with.
0: When you say colossal, you mean colossal. It I mean is, colossal. Yeah, it takes yeah, we, up two cards. It takes right? up
12: two cards in the game, and uh, it's you know just huge. It's got, I many look at a T Rex. It's got uh, it's got eight green hits and an offensive profile with five attacks, six skill, and eight power. Which like just, there's just nothing in the game that can stand <laughs> up to that for very long. So uh, it it's a re- it's a really really fun unit because it just presents both players with really big challenges. You know, if you're the if you're the defender, you have to figure out how are you gonna deal with this monster yeah. that otherwise is gonna eat you up.
1: So you have to account for it some way, somehow. Exactly.
12: But like we actually had one game where a player got a fast unit of cavalry close enough to the T Rex and essentially went, Here boy, come on boy and like ran away from it and the T Rex it was always the closest enemy, so the oh. T Rex was like chasing it down took it the T Rex like four turns to corner it, you know, before it could finally fight. And that gave that player enough time to win the rest of the battle with his superior remaining forces so sometimes you can do
10: that
1: sometimes it doesn't work out so <laughs> that's great
12: that's a lot of fun
1: maybe talk about your uh, terrain packs too those are kind of yeah, a nice yeah, the, fairly new addition. yeah right the terrain too? packs
12: came out a couple of months ago and we're really excited about them they've been they've been selling incredibly well for us it's basically a uh, laminated card stock so it's full color beautiful graphics uh, you get 15 square feet of terrain features, which includes lakes and hills and bogs and roads and rivers. And, you know, like a river section has a ford, another one has a bridge. Uh, we have beaches, cliffs, you know, almost anything you can imagine. And it's $15 retail. So you can set
1: up almost any battlefield
12: you want. Uh, at a very very reasonable price
1: oh yeah Uh, the thing i like about the terrain is that uh i have some little like felt cutouts from uh, dba playing dba and things like that but even those because there's sort of depth to them they don't even work that well with the cards and with these being paper yeah. You don't have those issues. Of, yeah, you, know, you just do. put it on top
12: of the terrain. And exactly, it's two-dimensional. The cards work really well with it. Uh, you can write on them, so you can mark, you know, a spot on the, if, you know, if, if you want to send a guy to a spot on the battlefield, oh, yeah, the, so it's, it's a terrain arm, feature. Yeah. You can mark it. Um, so you know, if like there's a bridge across the river, and you want a guy to send your spearman to the bridge to hold it, mm-hmm. you can just mark right on there instead of using a die or something like that. So, yeah, that's
1: true too. Uh, so it's just
12: it's it's and we've had people buying it for other systems. You know, we have role-playing gamers and other miniature gamers who are like, you know, anyone who wants to represent terrain, it's just convenient and cheap, and looks really, you know, looks really nice.
1: Yeah, and it's the so, scale that it would, I guess, yeah. match up with that. Yeah, it's, it's, a scale, really it's a good nice. scale
12: for almost any kind of tabletop game. Smart thinking. So, you, you might wow. almost think mm. you planned it that way. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, we wanted to do terrain for a long time. In fact, it's a little embarrassing. Our first one we launched two years ago. Uh, we were so sure that we were going to have terrain that we actually said in the rule book that Year move Games produces beautiful terrain, but the, <laughs> system, the, the, the production thing that we thought was going to work didn't. Oh, no. And so we then spent a lot of time trying to find the right solution. And we actually got, we got hooked into it by uh, the guys at a company called Steel Squire that make flip mats for role-playing games. And their original product was basically just laminated graph paper and hex paper that you could... Drawn, but it was sharpie erasable, dry erasable. You know, almost anything. So role-playing gamers really liked it if they were playing with miniatures because the dungeon master could just take a pen and be like, "Okay, here's the room you're in. I think here's I what's going on over here." Yeah. yeah, it's a great product. Perfect. And so, uh, so we, you know, we bumped into them at another convention. And I was like, you know, can you tell me about this? You know, this product. They they put us in touch with their manufacturer. We found they could do the kind of you know four-color printing detail, and then the big thing for us was could they match it perfectly front to back? Because we wanted to make it uh, double-sided terrain features that you'd cut out,
2: whereas theirs oh, okay. are
12: a sheet and you just use the sheet. So if gotcha. it's a little bit off, it didn't matter, and the, the printers were able to do it, um, you know, perfectly because they do they do a lot of really you know precision work. So uh, so yeah, it worked out
1: great. That's great. Well, is there anything new coming up at uh, uh, your move games that you want to talk about? Sure, we have a few new things. Uh, we have a new, a completely new game that's going to be coming out
12: called the Battle for Hill Two Eighteen. Uh, we've just sent that to print. It's a it's a World War Two themed two player game, but it's it's really an abstract strategy game rather than a, a war game. Um, it's but it's super super fun it's a game that I've been dying to print for about three years ever since uh, it was first developed and uh, we sort of shied away from one-shot games because it's very hard to make money at them and we're a small company but it's you know just been killing me that we haven't published it and so finally when we when we we changed printers and we now have a printer that can give us a a decent price at a low uh, volume we said you know look we're there's no reason for us to be doing making games for a living if we're not actually going to make a game like this that we love so much. So, yeah. uh, so we made it. And then one of our fans actually made a computer version of it. So oh, wow. we're going to have a free computer version that you can download and play against the against the computer. It's got an AI and everything. That's crazy. You're going to be able to play against the computer about a month before it launches. So it's gone to print now. It should probably be out November, December, and so around October, and we'll let you guys know. But around October, okay. you'll be able to play this thing for free online. Just download the download it, play it on your own computer. And it's just a super, super fun two-player game.
0: <laughs> when the actual game comes out, is it a card-based game? It's or? a card-based
12: game. Uh, it'll be a, a single deck that'll retail for ten dollars. That'll include both of Perfect the decks good. for the players in the game, Airstrikes, the Hill 218 card, and it's. I mean, it's 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 weird. It takes about 15 minutes to play, huh? but oh, I'm wow. a hardcore chess player, and I'm obsessed with this game. Like, it's got that much strategic depth to it. Hmm. So you know, you Excellent. play it over and over and over again, and we. You know, Darwin and I—we we've, we've been playtesting and playtesting it. We keep going through iterations where we learn like a new facet to the game, and our whole strategy changes. And you know, like I mean, it's crazy. I've never played a game that is this quick but has this much depth to it. So I'm super excited about in, it. In terms of like the rules com-
1: complexity, is it? Rules, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, guessing it must be. It's pretty low,
12: actually. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, like, like a lot of great strategic games like chess and Go and, and things like that, <laughs> the rules themselves are pretty, pretty straightforward. Uh, every unit in the game uh, has three qualities to it. Uh, one tells you how it draws supply. And in order to play units onto the board, you have to be able to draw a supply line back to your home base. So okay. that, that constrains where you're allowed to place units. Uh, another card, another uh, thing tells you how it attacks, um, and most units will attack a unit adjacent to it. Some can attack diagonally, and some have special attacks. And then another thing tells you how units support attacks because most units can't kill an enemy unit on their own; they need support from a friendly unit. Uh, but tanks and artillery don't need it. So you, you know you're placing your units. You're trying to sort of encroach on your opponent's position, maintaining supply lines, and eventually occupying his base. So it's a very, very straightforward game. It's just super, super fun.
4: Obviously, I'm biased, but (laughs) honestly, like... I would (laughs) expect you to be. I mean, honestly, like,
12: I I would not publish this game. I would not publish a one-shot card game that retails for $10 or so we, the margin's not very high on it I would not publish it if I didn't think it was an amazing game so you <laughs> know T- take a biased but honest uh, <laughs> honest take on it and, and, and then we're going to put it out there as a computer game so nobody ever has to buy it without trying it out because we're that confident yeah uh, that's, that speaks pretty <laughs> pretty looking well towards so I've been looking forward to that and then the other new thing we have back on the, the Battleground front is uh, coming out early next year probably is going to be our first Punic Wars, our first historic expansion which is going to be Punic Wars oh fun So Rome versus Carthage and we're—it's—it's we're, it's killing me making this game because it's—it's it's so you know like so many details and trying to get everything right. But we have a great group of fans who are historic buffs who are working with us to help make sure we get the details right. And uh, you know it's just it's super super fun. But it's you know really really interesting armies. It's a a fascinating period of history. And our goal is to have this be something which not only is it really fun to play, but it's the sort of thing that if you were a, a history teacher, you would feel good about introducing this to your history class to teach them you know why Hannibal could win battle
1: after battle after battle and still lose the still lose the world ultimately so are will there be any uh, rules additions or things it, or will, there will, basically be, there the will be small, it basically the same
12: mechanics it will be 100% compatible with Battleground Fantasy there will be a few small differences but you know not really more than with for example the Umenzi tribesmen which introduced a new standing order for that faction and okay. you know some new keywords just um, tweaks and it'll words. Be, it'll be tweaks but you can absolutely oh, play rome versus orcs <laughs> or you know carthage yeah. versus the lizard men you know like whatever you want to do and and that's you know that's part of the vision for us we want this to be something where if you're a fantasy player you know i mean i'm you know i'm more into fantasy than historics personally but i can't wait to play like you know rome and carthage versus fantasy creatures and i think absolutely. Lo- i think a lot of people will like that and i think also that for, for historic gamers the fact that is so inexpensive you know some of them will want to do that as well you know if, even if you really would rather just do punic or punic or punic War, at some point you're going to be like i bet my rooms could kick your orcs ass you know come
1: on yep. bring it so. <laughs> well, you now you just need to do the crossover with the world war ii one and you can have the uh, exactly. t-rex trying to take hill <laughs> uh, 38 yeah
2: <laughs>
1: well uh thank you very much chad uh, best of luck with everything here at gen con and we'll look forward to the new stuff coming out very soon okay well thanks for uh, thanks for talking with me and thanks for coming by
6: I'm Chris Wilcox. I don't know shit about games, but I listen to the spiel.
1: So I'm here with Tom Tullis of Fat Dragon Games, and he's got some really cool uh, scenics for role playing or miniatures games. Uh, Rather than have me describe it, I'm just going to let Tom haul forth here. Tell me all about Fat Dragon Games and what you have to offer here. Well, we're a fairly new miniature train company uh
5: we've just hit our second anniversary and this year we were nominated for our first any award for easy dungeons for our basic set congratulations thank you very much We're crossing our fingers to get some good news tomorrow night um essentially easy dungeons is card stock three-dimensional terrain you buy the pdf from us you print it out fold it up you never run out of products you never run out of pieces uh we offer dungeons caverns uh egyptian temples and tombs uh whole wide range of stuff. Uh, we also offer two-dimensional tiles, easy tiles, that allow the user to fully customize the tile before printing it out, so oh, that's one, nice. one tile set will give you 10,000 options, so you never, your players never enter the same room twice. <laughs> um, we just came out with our new modern line, Easy Heroes, which are 1.5-inch scale, and we're getting ready to offer them in 1-inch scale for modern spycraft
1: type games, things like that. Instead Uh, of like dungeons, you've got like uh, city buildings and cars and things.
5: And the first set is one and a half inch scale for things like hero clicks and other click-based games. That's smart. (laughs) And that's pretty much our whole lineup for the show. But uh, we're real excited to be here. It's our second year exhibiting at Gen Con. How much do the the sets run? Uh, Easy Dungeons here uh, in online is $15 for the basic set. Uh, Easy Dungeons 2, which we offer here, is a compilation package of a number of separate products we yeah, offer through box. online RPG now and drive through RPG. Okay. And that's also $20 here at the show. Okay. Easy Heroes is $10. You can also get that online for that. And the tiles, uh, both tile sets we offer here are compilation CDs of smaller sets we offer online. Oh, nice. And so you can mix and match. And we're just really
1: excited to be here. (laughs) Um, The question I have for you, since they are sort of print and make, how long would someone, if they were to print them out, construction time? How long is it going to take them to put everything together from printing it out to then using it in the game?
5: Um, If you do an assembly line fashion, say do 10 dungeon walls at a time, you can literally bang through each piece in a couple minutes. Oh, really? Um, that fast? All the display pieces here my wife assembled for me. Um, and they look was, fabulous. They look I've, really nice. Uh, we also, that's how we playtest stuff. She's not a gamer. <laughs> She's not a card modeler. And since we do gear all of our stuff for the beginner card modeler, we do oversized tabs, more simplified designs. Um, with Easy Dungeons, we give some pieces and two versions for beginner card modelers and more advanced ones. Uh, that's kind of our proving grounds i have my wife build everything for the con and if she can do it with the instructions we know we're good yeah so well they, they definitely
1: look as though they're made of something other than just cardstock when when you look at them which i think is a testament to the, the quality to me at least well thank you very much <laughs> well good luck at the Ennies and uh oh, where can people find your games online if they're if they're looking for you or want more information about your company where can they find they can you can come to fatdragongames.com uh, currently,
5: we sell uh, distribution through Key20, which then sells through Alliance, Blackhawk, okay. all those. So just check your local hobby shop. Uh, you can also buy PDF versions of everything we have through RPGnow.com and drive through RPG.com. Okay. Uh, both of those are our two main online sales outlets. And go there. It's very easy. You'll have your sets in about five minutes and be printing and playing a few hours later. <laughs> well, thanks, Tom, and good luck. Listen, thank you very
9: much. Mike Fogle from Iowa, I to The Spiel, great podcast.
1: Great guys. Thanks. So I'm here at the Gen Con Australia booth with Ian Houlihan, and we are lucky enough here on The Spiel to have a bunch of Aussie
14: listeners who I think would be very interested to find out about Gen Con Australia. So give us the lowdown. Yeah. Well, basically, we're running in Brisbane. Uh, on the 3rd to the 6th of July 2008 at the Brisbane Convention Centre. Um, we're pretty much going to try to do exactly the same thing that's happening here at Jin uh, Con Indy. Obviously, not, maybe not as, as large a scale, but, um, you know, we're going to give it our best bet. Um, and, yeah, we're looking forward to it. So uh, people
1: attending Gen Con Australia can expect a dealer's room, uh, all
14: sorts of gaming tournaments and sort of ancillary events as well. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Wizards of the Coast have basically come on board as as sponsors, which is great. And, I mean, it's early days yet as far as sponsorship goes. So, um, you know, we're we're hoping for a a number of the larger uh, manufacturers to, to come on board. Show their wares so that uh, the people of Australia who've never experienced something of this magnitude before uh, can come along and um, have a great
1: time. So um, what about registration and things like that? Is that active yet or how's that working?
14: No, at the moment the registration isn't active. However, um, we're about to make, uh, probably at the end of the month, uh, we're going to make live the event. uh, Schedule? event, well no not the event schedule but certainly the um, where people if they want to run events they can um, submit their events to us. Oh sort of Um, applications for submitting ideas for events. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Exactly. And um, you know we've been lucky enough that uh, Peter from uh, GenCon LLC has essentially said to us that we can use their registration system. Uh, So hopefully with a few technical things that we're trying to work out there that um, that's going to be a great benefit for us and uh, for everyone who who needs to register. It'll be something familiar to everyone, so it'll be good. Now in terms of, uh, I know you're probably trying to attract uh,
1: American and maybe European manufacturers of games. Uh, I'm not really familiar with, uh, is there a very active, independent uh, game publishing going on in Australia? Would, would people going to Gen Con Australia get to look forward to seeing some of these smaller, maybe? game press sure. come out of the woodwork and, and see those kinds of things at Gen Con too? Or? Yeah,
14: look, with, with obviously as far as role playing, with the number of uh, PDF publishers that are out there, there's a, a fair number of those in Australia that uh, we're hoping to encourage to, to come along and you know display or at the very least uh, come along and uh, explain uh, with, through lectures and seminars how other people can get involved in the industry. Uh, we haven't got the largest industry as far as manufacturers in Australia, so you know, it's, it's a lot of effort for us obviously to try to convince the people from, uh, from the US and from Europe to come along to the convention, but a lot of them have given us positive feedback. So um, yeah, the, the people should be looking forward to a lot of uh, exhibitors in, in that regard. So yeah. Great. Well, now we just need to work out that podcaster
1: scholarship so that uh, <laughs> certain people sitting here in the booth might be able to come to
14: Gen Con Australia well, and you report know. live. That's right. You never know. You never know.
1: Well, thank you very much, Ian, for your time, no and no problem. Thank uh, you. I hope that our Aussie listeners will take advantage of this opportunity. And I know they're all over, Attention all over the map in Australia, so it would be a great time to sort of for them to all convene in one place and Absolutely. get to play.
14: Yeah, and uh, we would love to have <laughs> them all, so that'll be great. Well, thanks. Thank you.
1: So I'm here at the qworkshop.com booth with Michal Lysowski yes. and uh, he has some very interesting dice. Uh, my partner in crime is a big dice collector so I'm sorry he's not here to do this interview. But maybe tell us a little bit about Q Workshop and about what makes your dice uh, different from the average set of dice.
15: Uh, our dice are unique because they have uh, patterns around the numbers. So, um, we have runic dice with small runes around the numbers, elven dice with elven tengwar uh, fonts and we have also uh, dragon dice with very small dragon on each face. Uh, we make uh, many different models for many different games. Now we have our completely new Call of Cthulhu dice set. It's a limited edition in cooperation with uh, Chaosium Company. Oh, that's so. Cool. We get a license last year, and now they are ready. Uh, so they have little elder signs on them yes. and things as you can see here not not in the radio they <laughs> have elder sign on the uh, oh, highest space they're uh, very I've seen laser cut are they laser cut or how, how are they uh, how it's the process n- is no it, secret? In fact, <laughs> it is a secret but I can tell you a little bit okay we have about 100 of small polish oh. elves in our factory <laughs> and they are crafting uh, each guy and so that's the, 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 the secret main has been element. revealed. Yes <laughs> it's not not so big, big secret because uh, last year we told this uh, to many people who asked and in fact it's true we have such elves. So there are a lot of elves and gnomes in <laughs> yes. Poland I mean it's
1: just yes. a known fact <laughs> okay. Well, they, they're very, they're very much more intricate, I would say, yes. than than the average even custom dice that I've seen. As far other as I know, no, nobody
15: on the market can do such dice, and they will not produce such dice because it's a unique technology, uh, our invention, and it's very complicated, also expensive and hard, and we need a lot of time and effort to make a new model, make new colors and so on. But. We are always looking for new, new possibilities to to develop our products. What's the average die cost? Uh, uh, the set of seven dice cost eighteen dollars. Okay. So it's a lot. It's poly, poly- polyhedral, yes, to, polyhedral right? dice. It's a, a standard role-playing games uh, uh, die set of seven dice from D4 to D20, including D10 and D100. Uh, and we know that it's far more. More expensive than uh, dice uh, of other companies, but these are really unique and also the. Well, they're almost technology. like little art pieces yes. of art. I think. Yes, it's uh, most of our clients uh, like um, like a piece of art, or they are just uh, dice collectors. True. Uh, just a part of our uh, of our fans are um, role playing uh, gamers. So. Anything on the, in the future that's coming up that you want to yes, tell people about? Yes. 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 Probably we we are going to make Star Wars knife, but uh, it's just a prototype and we are working with uh, WizKids on this. Uh, And uh, what else? Japanese set. We used to have a Japanese D10 for Legend of the Five Rings and other systems like Chin. It's very famous in France and Germany, a system uh, old uh, Chinese-Japanese Far East uh, setting. And we, we are working on the new Celtic dice with Celtic pattern. Hmm. We have very nice uh, tribal dice it's, uh, with um, tame from uh, Tattoo. Uh, that's the near future. We also have uh, leather dice, uh, cups and bags. Mm. It's, uh, also with runes and elven signs, dragons. And these are hand painted and handmade. How long does it
1: take from, say, coming up with a design for a new set of dice to actually seeing
15: them on the shelf it's somewhere? A, it's about half a year or a year. Uh, wow. We a lot of time and effort. Yes, yes, yes. For uh, our new Elven model, we needed uh, a year. Okay. But uh, in the past, we we just needed uh, half a year. But now we are. Um, far more busy than in, in past <laughs> so we have many new orders because we also make custom dice oh. and in fact we were the first company who started to uh, customize dice uh, five years ago oh, nice. but when Chessex started and Chessex is a much, much bigger company yes so now they, they, they are famous of, of this but as as uh, as as we know we were the first and the person who can prove this is a uh, dice collector kevin cook i don't know if you you know this. yes sure uh, you can ask him and he will tell you that <laughs> we are we were the first company with uh... well where can people uh, buy your dice and where can people find you online yes uh, uh, you can find our dice on uh, our website it's unusualdice.com Okay. And it's an online store we ship worldwide. Uh, the shipping is a flat rate of 240 so it's uh, it's not a lot. It's very affordable. Uh, we also have uh, US distributors so you should find our dice in every good gaming store uh, across America. If you don't just ask the store manager and he will be able to get the model you wish from the distributor. It's not a problem for them, it's just a few weeks of, of uh, time. Uh, so you can find our dice on in the internet, on our website, unusualdice.com, or in the local store. Great. Well, Mikhail, uh, thank you for your time, and okay. good luck here at GenCon. Thank you very much.
1: So we are here at the Simply Fun booth with Gail DeGiulio and uh, they do a really interesting line of games that really appeal to a a wide age range of of, from young players all the way to to old players instead of having me ramble on uh, I'll let you haul forth and and explain uh, just what is simply fun and, and tell us a little bit about your games
13: great! well thank you Stephen. well simply fun is a company that we founded four years ago and actually started selling product a few years ago and our whole goal is to promote the importance of play it's to get families and friends to kind of turn off the tv and spend 30 to 60 minutes a week just playing so when we started the company we intentionally went out and sought out game designers that could make games for us in all different categories board games card games party games Uh, trick-taking games, trivia games, and we wanted those games to be simple to learn and fun to play. So we wanted the setup to take less than five minutes and the game experience to be less than 30 minutes. And we intentionally wanted to find games that that had some strategy to them, but also could be accessible to any age. So whether you were three to 103, you could still enjoy the game.
0: And you've gotten some pretty heavy hitters as far as designers. We have,
13: David, and we're really fortunate. We went out and sought some of the best designers, um, in particular from Europe. So Dr. Reiner Knizia, who many um, of your your listeners probably know. uh, And uh, Alan Moon, who did Walk the Dogs for us. Uh, Klaus Teuber. We've done Simply Catan, where we've taken Catan, and that's a good example, where most people in the United States won't spend the 15, 20 minutes to learn something and then another 45 minutes to an hour to play. So we took Catan and... Clouds designed it so that it was really accessible for everybody. It's a very easy setup. It takes less than five minutes to set up and about 30 minutes to play. And so it's a really good example where you can take that and really experience in your home and get to learn the game.
1: Well, It's great to have that sort of gateway, too, that to see that, that it's kind of a slippery slope from, from those kinds kind of games into more more depth, games with more depth if they want to, but it's nice to have the ability to, to sit down and play these games with any, any kind of age or Well, range, you're I right, think.
13: and what happens is we get people that will contact us and say, I went into Target and Walmart, I was looking for your game, and where is it? <laughs> and we try to tell them, you can't get our games in the retail stores. What we found was, was that, unfortunately, in the hobby game market, you're finding more and more stores that are closing up, and it's really unfortunate. And the internet has made it very difficult for those retailers because someone yes. can come into the store and get a quality demonstration and then the customer leaves to go purchase it online at a cheaper price. When they didn't, they got the value of the, the clerk or the owner. What we've done is all of our games are only available through Simply Fun. So what at your, what happens is we have independent consultants and they go into someone's home and they have a game party and they get to play games for a living. And then what happens is the customer and their friends get to have a wonderful time of experience the products, the consultant gets to make a great living. The host gets to earn free games, and best of all, you get to try before you buy. And so that's one of the reasons that we decided to do our products this way, and it's just worked out wonderfully for everybody.
1: Maybe um, describe some of the title, newer titles uh, sure. in your line.
13: Well, a good example, an Alan Moon game is Walk the Dogs, which won Family Fun's one of the games of the year last year. Another one is called Sneaks, which is, if you remember the old game Spoons, we actually <laughs> took that game and made it into um, um, with sneakers. And, we also have a brand new game called Grivet, which is by Dr. Reiner Knizia, which is up for two games of the year, one for family fun and parenting. Another really great game we have is called Library, where we have 350 book titles in there. It's kind of a balderdash mechanic, where you're fooling people that your first line is the real first line. And that was developed by Daryl Hannah, the actress, and <laughs> Hilary Shepard. And Daryl actually is a three-time game producer and a Mensa um, award winner. So, A lot of people don't know that about her, so she can play ninja. (laughs) She has street cred. And and she can play games. But those are just some of our newest titles that we've come out with.
1: Uh, Anything coming up uh, new on the the list that you want to talk about? We just
13: introduced a new game um, just three weeks ago called Quartile. And Quartile is if you like uh, dominoes, kind of dominoes meets math. And it's a wood game and where you have to, um, in most dominoes, you just have to match things up. Well, in this, you have to actually match up the math. I mean it has to add up to something and it's a really just a, a, a wonderful game we will be having coming out next year some really new games um, from some designers that you know and love and i can't really talk about them, uh. one, of them one of them is a, a designer that hasn't produced a game in about five years but probably has the biggest selling game of all time so i'm excited about that you can kind of think about that mull that over
1: <laughs> it's also nice to see that you're taking the kind of Cues from the European-style games in that the quality of your components uh, is something that you're interested in. Uh, you know, having components that are going to last and, and look really it's, nice. We call too. it heirloom
13: quality and sort of antique quality, and it really is. And uh, one of the things we found, though, it's interesting. Um, it's great to come to Gen Con because people here understand appreciate quality. And when you go to the mass market they say this game is how much yeah but you explain to that person the reason it is how much is because it's got a linen finish on the box the box is 25 percent thicker than any box we have all wood pieces we have you know um, um, double thick boards uh, we have linen finished cards. It's a very, very different kind of a finish and a look to the games. And we did that intentionally so that people can keep those games for generations and generations. Right.
1: Well, it's thinking about a game as an investment that you're going to come back to again and again exactly. for entertainment and not something you just
0: use once and then throw and if, if away. You were to compare that to a price of family night of entertainment, oh,
13: this, we would, do all this the time. wouldn't even
0: come close. We
13: tell people that we, we used to have a sign in our booth that said, family afford to go to the movies and we'd say $40 and then we'd say dinner and then we'd put down $80 and then we'd say gas and we'd say $100 and we said Simply Fun Party and we said you know priceless because, <laughs> because that's really what it's about you can have a Simply Fun Party and the high repeat play value of any game is just wonderful and when you can play games over and over and over and enjoy them and play them with all ages you kind of are, build that generation gap between you know, an 80-year-old grandfather and a 10-year-old you know, grandson. It's, so that's one of the reasons that we like gaming. So how can
0: people find you? you guys have an internet or address? We do.
13: So there's different ways that you can find us. You can find us at simplyfun.com and that's the first way. So you can just go to simplyfun.com and our website is um, right there. You can dial five oh one eight seven seven five five seven 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 six seven. 877 557 7767 But just go to simplyfun.com and the great part is each one of our games has a three-minute video oh, nice. so co-founder oh, wow. Matt Mullen um, he will he says hi I'm Matt and I'm gonna teach you how to play and he teaches you how to play the game okay. so even if you don't want to take the rules out you can eat, just learn how to play by watching the three-minute right. video and then um, the best part is to experience a simply fun party so if you want to have a simply fun party you can just write down our website it says if you want more information we have consultants all across the United States who can come to your home and even better if you want to earn some extra income and just play games for a living you can become a Simply Fun consultant. It costs $169. That's it. You get a sample kit with all kinds of products. You don't carry any inventory. You just go to someone's house through a games party. When you're done you place the order get shipped to the customer and that's it
1: cool. Well, we're looking forward to trying some of your games out, and I'm sure our listeners will appreciate knowing more about uh, your company and all the stuff you have to offer.
13: Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for stopping by our booth.
0: We're here at the Into Magic booth with Henry Lester and they've got a great little product that's out. the really cool rings. I'm going to let Henry tell you all about them.
16: We're uh, we're making magic rings. You've always wanted a ring of invisibility, haven't you? Or perhaps regeneration, oh, yeah. you know? Um, everybody seems to have either a, a co-gamer or a co-worker that can really use an Intelligence Plus 4 ring. <laughs> but, uh, Especially Dave here. Hey. But, uh, <laughs> we, uh, We started off, we are industrial manufacturers, Uh, we had a love of the material, it is a nuclear grade, pharmaceutical grade, industrially hardened stainless, so it's not like a lot of other stainless steel jewelry that's out there. Um, We use an industrial laser to engrave it, Uh, it's an indelible mark, we actually are taking away some of the material, it's not a mark that can rub off. Uh, we like to think that we have the most durable product that's available here at the, at the Gen Con 40 Exhibitors Hall. Indestructible. Um, yeah, we, we can't make anything indestructible, nor would you want an indestructible ring. We have, you know, these are able to be cut by uh, emergency rooms if you do have to have it yeah. cut off, you know. Um, you know we like the other materials. Uh, you know they're they're beautiful and everything like that. But uh, we, we wanted to start off with this material. People really seem to like it. We can put different finishes on it. And we do production of these rings. Uh, you know, currently we have Um, Regeneration, invisibility, protection, hit points plus 20, intelligence plus 4, strength plus 4. We also have another one that has GM and DM. Uh, at, at different clock marks around it, uh, you can attempt to bribe your DM or GM. It's <laughs> just going to kill you faster, but you, know, you, you can try. Or if you're a DM or GM, you can ring it. It's, it's a because I said so ring. <laughs> you know, we also have another ring uh, that doesn't have any engraving on it, that just has a uh, kind of a prism mirror finish on it. Uh, oh, nice. They are all available on our website. Okay. Uh, and then if I can plug the website, oh, yeah. www.intimagic, and that's magic with a K. That's I N T I M A G I K.com hit there. Uh, we've got some feedback uh, we'd like people to share with us, you know, what they'd like to see. We obviously could uh, only do so many rings at one time. Right. But uh, we're here at the Gen Con booth 824 here for the show. We are we really appreciate everybody stopping by. Well, great. Uh, we'll make sure we'll put the link in the show notes and everybody who needs uh, magic rings, check it out. Appreciate it. Everybody's wanted a Ring of Invisibility since they were 13. Yeah. So, you know, hey. <laughs> Thanks.
1: So we are at the Think Outside of the Box booth here at Gen Con with Berta Groisman and uh, her product is so interesting and unique. It's a little bit puzzle, a little bit game, a little bit riddle. Uh, why don't you why don't you explain exactly what, what we're looking at and what we have here?
8: Well, think outside of the box, it is a create a kit on creative thinking. You really have a lot of solutions, of creative solutions, after you try these puzzles, these, these brain teasers, okay? It is 41 brain teasers in colorful cards uh, of in- increasing complexity, of easy, moderate, difficult and difficult, and a small square CD attached, because in creative CD, in creative thinking CD doesn't have to be necessarily round, it can be square too. <laughs> uh, small square, squid attached with more brain teasers. It is bought by students, pupils from 11 years old and up to executives through families and students. It is an educational tool, an educational tool for manager and employee development. It is also a quality family game. It is a wonderful icebreaker and a brain massage for mature people, you Mm -hmm. know. So it has really a lot of uses.
1: So, so, maybe describe the, the cards themselves. There's are sort okay. of a card with a little slider on it. Yeah. Um,
8: As, uh, this is a unique pro- uh, process of uh, a thinking process, okay? This is a problem. A conventional thinking, which says, why are we stuck with our process thinking, pro- thinking of process, okay? Why, why can't we really solve it?
1: Right, so there's.
8: Then it, it comes a clue, which says, maybe we can solve it. And then comes the solution. And after the solution is the principle, which is really the most important thing, because this is a principle of creative thinking. You must know that creative thinking is a is a set of tools, like a plumber's tool. (laughs) And there were people, researchers, who researched, who made research on creative thinking, and they um, defined those tools. And every uh, brain teaser here, it is uh, exercise of those tools. So if you really put them inside and understand them very well, you can use them without even understanding that you're using it in all fields of your life. Right. So this is what we're speaking about.
1: (laughs) Well, I think in many cases, you use a lot of those principles when you play games because you're presented with problems. In games, it's more explicit when you have a sort of riddle placed in front of you. And in, in the case of what we're talking about here, but in so many of the games that we're surrounded by, you're using that same creative problem-solving ideas, but we're not putting names to the to the principles. So right, if you right. like games, you like solving puzzles, it's the same you're, you're, you're exercising those muscles, but perhaps in a slightly different way without even realizing it.
8: Right. Um, our aim was to make it in a most entertaining uh, man- manner. So we really um, brought the best designers uh, for the packaging of the game, for the, um, for the pictures of the game. So everything is unique mm-hmm. and it is uh, marketed in the United States for the first time. And we are very proud of it.
1: And it's originally of Israel, yes, from it is Israel, Israel, correct?
8: Yes, it is an Israeli product.
0: Right? You gave Stephen and I a chance to try these out, and what I really like are the clues because they're pretty tough puzzles, pretty tough thinking, and the clues are well thought out. And they give you a little hint, a little push in the right direction without making you feel too stupid. But, <laughs> so I think that's really neat.
8: Thank you.
1: And they're, they're packaged in uh, the difficulty level, so it's nice, so you could start at the, the sort of low level and build, build so your I'll way I'll just up.
0: open up the easy box and that's probably all the farther <laughs> I'll get. Great great for travel, too, I would oh, think. It'd be, it'd be fun, fun to take on
1: a car trip and, and just pretty read them out many. loud
8: tourist guides buy it, you know, mature people buy it for an ice massage, for a brand massage for their, you know.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly.
8: Against Alzheimer and all oh, that. Yep. Sure. And it is a wonderful, like, quality family time, you know, or just a party time. You're sitting instead of watching TV, you are doing something which is interesting and funny and, you know. Right. It is also, there is here a card also how can, with the play terms, like like you can play with with uh, points going up and down if you oh. buy a clue or not buy a clue, you know. Right. <laughs> so it it could be also a group gear.
1: So uh, where can people find uh, the uh, out of the think outside of the box, and uh, where can they find you online?
8: Well, the best thing is uh, to uh, visit our website, which is really nice, I think. Uh, it is www.thinkoutsideofthebox.info think outside of the box one word okay. think outside of the box one word dot info this okay. is the best thing because we don't have really a lot of distributors now we are just beginning the marketing Okay. so this is the best thing to do great well best of luck thank you
0: wow that was kind of like truckloads of interviews <laughs> And that's only the first half. Yep. (laughs) Man. So this ends uh, part one of our Gen
1: Con 2007 coverage. Stay tuned next week for uh, more personal accountings from our experience here at the convention and uh, a report back from the Spielathon, among other things, and uh, just our general impressions of games that caught our attention and and lots of other interesting convention (laughs) tidbits. So that will air uh, a week from... uh, this next episode so we're going to try to push that out as soon as we can Thanks. thanks for listening we, yes. appre- we appreciate all your support i'm stephen conway and i'm david colson so remember whether it's the roll of a die the turn of a card or the flip of a tile you
0: don't have to play to win you, you just, just have to, to play, play. the uh, Irish pub after Gen Con Day. Yeah, this is um, our last big night, Saturday night. We've played tons of games, we've met tons of people, and what are we doing? We're <laughs> sitting in an Irish pub playing cribbage at 3 o'clock in the morning and drinking cider and black. <laughs> Excellent. Life, and life is good. Excellent.
1: <laughs> I hope that... Uh, People who come to conventions uh, can have it as good as we have it, because it's a fun it's time. Yeah, it's rough, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah,
2: man. we'll take that bullet
1: you, our list. <laughs>